Blog Talk Radio. Thou didst divide the sea by thy strength. Thou breakest the heads of the dragons in the waters. Thou breakest the heads of Leviathan in pieces and give him meat to the people inhabiting the wilderness. Psalms 74, 13 through 14. Here's another one. In that day, the Lord, with his sore and great and strong sword, shall punish Leviathan, the piercing serpent, even Leviathan, that crooked serpent, and he shall slay the dragon, that is, in the sea. Isaiah 27, 1. Rejoice, not thou, whole Palestina, because the rod of him that smote thee is broken. For out of the serpent's root shall come forth a cocktrice, and his fruit shall be a fiery, flying serpent. Isaiah fourteen twenty nine. Welcome. My name is Daniel Michael, and you're listening to Spiritual Insight with Darren Bucare. Today our topic is dragons, historical, biblical, mythical, and otherwise, as well as Laramie Paul Roush will be joining us right after this. Forbidden archaeology, forgotten history, divination, magic, cryptozoology, UFOs, nature, science, and spirit. All this and more right here on the Main Street Universe Radio Network. Archaeology, forgotten history, divination, magic, cryptozoology, 
UFOs, nature, science, and spirit. All this and more right here on the Main Street Universe Radio Network. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Spiritual Insight with Darren Bucare. And right before we get started, I just wanted to do a brief memorial here with my three gongs to Mr. David Bowie, who passed recently. And to another musical compadre, Mr. Lemmy Kilmeister. And I see Darren is in the queue, and today our discussion is dragons. Welcome, Darren. Hello. Welcome to Spiritual Insight. Hello, Daniel Michael. Dragons. Symbol of power, symbol of strength, symbol of destruction, symbol of fear. Um, it's a lot of contrary stuff with dragons. Hello? Yes. Yeah, I'm here. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah. Um, and our guest, Laramie, was trying to call in through Skype and is having some issues with Skype right now. So okay. we'll see if that can be resolved. Rectified, uh, or we'll, we'll see. Thanks for, mm-hmm. for free Skype calls here mm-hmm. at MSU, mm-hmm. and I thought there was here at Blog Talk Radio, but I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Sometimes things change. <laughs> mm-hmm. <clears throat> now to start the show. Really need, does he need Skype to call in? He can just call with a with a phone. Yeah, uh, he mm-hmm. said he doesn't have long distance. It is. Oh. Yeah, so I don't know if he can call in with his with his house phone. He kind yeah, of lives out. Well, yeah, yeah in fact, he left the chat room, okay. so we'll see. He might be trying another another media to call in. Okay. But he well, really did have see. a lot of information. <laughs> but let's go right. on about... Well, hopefully he'll be able to figure it out. Yeah, that would, that would be cool. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, uh, the, the whole thing with, um, I guess, some big reptilian serpent or beast, either four-legged... Well, I guess let's let's figure out what what are we talking about when we talk about a dragon? Okay. Dragon well, could be any. Uh-huh. Do you would do you have a definition that you want to offer first, or? Sure, I would say I... a lot of people think, yeah. in a physical mm-hmm. historical, that it was from leftover dinosaur bones. <clears throat> mm-hmm. It is interesting that even in history, not that far back. The dragons were considered to be real creatures and were, were written into books like real, uh, actual uh, um, animals, oh, if you will. I don't know the word animal, dragon, <laughs> but but an actual. Wants and some, to sit and exactly in the spot that I'm sitting in, like every time. She wants to sit like right where I'm sitting. She's crazy. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, even the. the the story of Siegfried was considered to be like history, right? You know, with Fafner and, and his part of those of us that don't know Siegfried, um, someone uh, that the evil king was so possessed with with greed that he turned in, 
he was the curse of the gold that he had in the horde turned him into a dragon. And then Siegfried had to go or and go and cut out his heart and then uh, kind of on some levels adopted the curse himself, which he had to translate and give away. But, uh, you know, the story of him slaying this dragon and cutting out its heart was like, that was considered like, you know, that's that's standard history. <laughs> you know, like that wasn't like some like mythical tale. It was, you know, for the Scandinavian people, that was just like a standard, like, oh, of course that happened. You know, so why wouldn't that happen? Right. And, of course, in Asian cultures and in many cultures, that's what's so interesting is that in so many cultures, this sort of reptilian, serpentine, oftentimes flying being keeps showing up. And I've, of course, just in general, in, in cultural studies, I'm always fascinated by the commonalities of humans and what we have in common. And dragons is something we have in common, just like we've had little people in common and fairies, and, and dragons are another one of those things that we do the share. commonalities, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that that we, um, you know, the, in, cross-culturally there has, I mean, I talked about the Scandinavian version of it, um, obviously, um uh, the Celts believed in, in dragons. Dragons were a big part of their their illustrative system. Um, you know, where were they getting this? Obviously, the Celts weren't that far away from the Scandinavian people. So let's let's even go to Asia, and we have wingless yet flying, um, four-legged, giant serpentine creatures that represented godlike divinity forms that, you know, these people both honored, respected, and feared. And um, we can see it threaded through all sorts of artwork, and, and I mean, it's, it's, it's everywhere. I mean, maybe it's more predominantly than almost any culture, would you say, Daniel Michael? Yes. In Chinese fact, and, and Japanese, yeah. When I was younger, I took Kung Fu, and I took a, a style of Kung Fu, called the eight animal uh, style. I don't remember the Chinese mm-hmm. word for it. It's something like chuli tuan, but I'm probably butchering mm-hmm. it. But and interesting enough, there were like leopard and snake and crane and and all of this, including even praying mantis. And mm-hmm. one of them was dragon. And, but, and the dragon was considered to be a spiritual animal. A yeah. spiritual being. I think animal is a, probably a horrible word to use for dragon. I probably shouldn't like do that. Like but, an uh, intelligent, an intelligent yeah, being. It's being. And so because all of the Kung Fu styles, including, let's say, praying mantis, for example, the monks mm-hmm. would sit there and watch a praying mantis defend itself in, in its natural environment or maybe even you know, poke mm-hmm. it with a stick and see what it would do and then develop the movements according to how, because they viewed that the answers mm-hmm. were in nature. So whether it was a crane, a praying mantis, a snake, or a leopard, uh, they would mimic the movements of the animal and use it for their self-defense art form. You know what's Kung funny? Let's talk, let's talk about that. I never even realized this. You do realize that those are all the main the main characters in the Kung Fu Panda. Those are all those supporting characters, right? Oh, uh, I, I imagine they are. <laughs> but it is they a real are. Thing. They are, yeah. and you know what? For me, because I'm not as well versed in it, you know, when you watch Kung Fu Panda, you see that of course there's the panda, right? But then there's like right. he's a big idiot, and he's played by Jack Black. 
But then there's all the like masters that he learns from, and then there's yep. Crane, Monkey, Crane. <laughs> uh, Mantis. He, which Monkey like, Man was one. I don't know if that's that was not a movie. very intimidating animal to fight or insect. Is I'm Crane Mantis, and he's over yeah. there doing everything, flying around, doing everything just like everybody else. Like so, they just picked these characters based on the different styles of of kung fu or, or karate that like, were actually Mantis. real. They were real. Yeah. I mean, they, they were real martial arts. They weren't like, you know, I know because I took them, snake, you know. Snake, I didn't master monkey. Them. I, yeah, like, and then, of course, leopard was in there, too, and tiger. And tiger. Tiger was one. I tiger got to leopard, and I was beginning on praying mantis, and when I was, when I was, then I left the um, school. It, it kind of, it was for free. It folded, but uh, it was a uh-huh. teacher teaching in his backyard, who I think was trained uh, by a Taoist monk, actually, in, in Vietnam. And there was lots of, you know, whenever... Well, how, you have how, really... nice of, how nice of him <laughs> to do that. That's cool. Right? It was very nice of him. And, and yeah. it was an interesting time because I remember reg- regretting um, quitting the class. I'm like, mm-hmm. in retrospect, like, what an amazing cross-cultural gift I had. <laughs> you know, you know? Of course, being a teenager and getting into girls and, you know, rock and roll and all that. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, but, yeah, it, it was a very real thing. And, and the dragon, though, unlike the other animal forms, mm-hmm. it leads to the question, well, they created these other animal forms out of how these creatures defend themselves or how they act in combat in nature. Mm-hmm. Was at one time a, a dragon mimicked in some way, or it was it considered a spiritual animal? And in Asia, it's, it was definitely considered like a spiritual animal with a real history. So at some point, it, right, it was like and, 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 and sometimes very you said cognizant or like like intelligent, actually, like a, like, a, like a very person. much so. Yeah. yeah, not not like a you know a a, a koi fish or something. You know, I mean, like very much or mm-hmm. like a lizard. In the desert, it was it was mm-hmm. a intelligent, powerful. In fact, Bruce Lee's name was, uh, I think it was um, Small Phoenix, Little Dragon, in Chinese, because they believed oh, wow. in naming their kids two different names, male and female, mm-hmm. to confuse um, <clears throat> spirits that might want to do them harm. Because it was just oh wow, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, it was. So Little Dragon was the male name, and Small Phoenix was the female name. <clears throat> Mm-hmm. So, and I was very much into, I read a lot of Bruce Lee's uh, writings and stuff like that back in my Kung Fu days. <laughs> and Oh, wow. And again, they said something about he was too much of a dragon for the place he was, and he had to go somewhere else. He was born in the place of oh, Big wow. Dragon. And so he went to America. He, he was. It was almost like he had too much dragon energy. And his name was, wow. initially had the word dragon in it in Chinese. And then he changed it, the Americanized it to Bruce Lee. And the ultimate film that he's known for is called... Enter the Dragon. <laughs> there we have it, ladies and gentlemen. That dragon, so man. He, the they dragon always is something that, that he had too much... According to, I think I think it was his brother, Robert Lee, that said he had so much dragon in him, he, he just, a place couldn't contain him. He was just so hyper and so much energy and so powerful and so brilliant and graceful and it supersedes yeah it supersedes all the other like mundane animal forms and now it mm-hmm. it, it elevates into something uh, wildly spiritual and prophetic and all that stuff. 
And, and not even to mention that that might have been why he died so young. It was just too much right. for playing Eric. Power, ultimate power consumes uh, into, you know, indefinitely, so that might have been part of it. All the working out he did. Yeah. And then I his mean, son he, died he, young, like, too, which was He was terrible. 31 years old. As brilliant as his philosophy was and his and his physical movement was as well, and the dude was only 31 when he died, I think. I think it was 30 or 31. And he's like, but his writings look like they come from a philosopher that's 100 years old. You know, it's, it's just incredible. It's really? Just, oh, wow. Well, that the, would be, um, so take it from, from us uh, listeners, maybe that would be something to check out, would be the writings of Bruce Lee, and, and you know, maybe something that I would definitely be interested in myself. Uh, let's one talk of his books, about, uh, mm-hmm, go ahead. One of, one of the good books of, of a lot of his just, he was a little bit like a, like kind of like a, a Benjamin Franklin. He liked to write little philosophical, like, four-line mm-hmm. quotes. And it was a great yeah, book. Of, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, quatrains, if you will. And they were mm-hmm. just little philosophical quotes. And there was a book called The Warrior Within, where it's like a whole collection mm-hmm. that I think his wife gathered of, like, all his little philosophical writings. So oh, wow. There and you find this book. It's called The Warrior Within, Finding the Warrior Within. And it's a, oh, it's wow. a, okay. it's a book. And even if you're not even really into Bruce Lee or that time, it's got a lot of interesting mm-hmm. philosophical quotes. Uh, uh, some of them they're very Taoist, and some of them very renegade, just his own stuff, you know. So it's it's like reading from a Taoist monk that goes renegade is kind of what it feels mm-hmm. like when you read. <laughs> there was a movie about him not that long ago, or actually it was kind of long ago. <laughs> it was at least ten years ago <laughs> well, about well, him well. and the fact that he dated. You know, a blonde white woman, and you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And how his his how people, you know, the community gave him shit, and you know his community gave him. Shit. Everybody was just kind of oh, like, yeah. "Who the hell are you? What's going on here?" All this stuff. He felt transcendent so, of his of his of his um, ethnicity. He was very proud yeah. to be Chinese, but he also felt transcendent. I think of human uh, ethnicity. To be honest, I think he just felt like we're. We are energy beings, and as his brother said, maybe it was right. too much. He drag. probably didn't even care about being human. Like that's kind of crazy. And that's when we we do transcend our bodies, and, and that's what I tell you. What let's talk about dragons and transcendency, and um, let's talk about the fact that David Bowie's last album was like totally like it's it's. It, there's so many elements that are re- like a requiem. Yeah. In his last yeah. album that he just put out, we, we were listening like to crazy. it the night before he died. I'm not lying, not lying. Yeah, Me and my brother a, were listening. Is the album's really? called Black Star? I had mm-hmm. no idea he was dying the next day, <laughs> and we literally were listening to it the night before he died. Heard a lot of stories nice from my friends here about <laughs> we all. I had an hour and a half long conversation with my friend Megan about. Checking out his new album and and maybe I you know maybe listening like I haven't been listening to him lately maybe I should L- literally an hour and a half long conversation and then I left and then went out for a minute and then about three hours later they told me he died I was like are you joking it's like we knew we had to talk about him or do something to kind of cycle into that energy again it was like kind of crazy so I think he just I'm gonna do Karen I'm sorry yeah. go ahead please. I was going to take oh, yeah, our guest as arrived, and I was going to take a brief song oh, break okay. just to make sure everything's 
in order and lined up, okay. and everybody rests and gets their thoughts together. But I can can I finish a thought so that we we yes, can disrupt please. us? I think he decided yes. to transcend into energy. I think he decided it's time to go, and I think that he built that up artistically with his music and said, "It's time for me to go by," and he just did it. So. I think that's kind of my theory on that. But, um, yeah, go ahead and let's go to a break, and then uh, we'll come back with our guests. Yeah, and that's actually a very good point as well is when you're ready for something, right? Like when your cat sometimes dies, they do sometimes a funny thing. Like they, they'll just lay there at the doorway, and they're just kind of letting you know, you know, hey, I'm done. You know, There's all kinds of – and humans can be the same way – when you when you go to that acceptance of what we view as the most scary thing that can happen to us, and you just go, you know what, I'm okay with this, and I'm going to write music about I think it. We're so talking about David Bowie. This is someone that transcended fashion, music, reality on some level. So he just if he decided he wanted to transform himself into energy, then he could just do it. He's as close to, and I'm sure he probably knew all kinds of mystical shit himself. I would not be shocked. Wouldn't be would shocked you? either. No, just like John Anderson, right, from Yes. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he was like a Pleiadian or something <laughs> from another planet. Right, right. I would not be shocked at all <laughs> if he wasn't like some high-level ceremonial magician. I would not be shocked. But, yeah. Um, but, yeah, let's go to a break so we can get your your friend on here, and we'll, let's, let's go and dig in. Okay. Let's hear more about Native American dragons. Interesting. So, you will. And mm-hmm. this song is from, well the band I'm in, Dragon's Head, (laughs) speaking of dragons. And, in fact, our guest is a sort of an interim, he's a guitar player for us when he can come out here and make it. Uh, It's Laramie Paul Roush, and he'll be on right after this song. And this one is called I Will Find You Again. My favorite part of the song is the little violin solo in the middle. Not too long, and we'll be right back.
Can you hear me? I can hear you well, yes. 
Oh, that's great. This is the first time. <laughs> hey, on Skype, yeah. <laughs> and the last time you were on Main Street Universe, Laramie, we were talking to Oberon Zell Ravenheart, if you remember correctly. Which was extremely cool, by the way. Yeah. Um, but anyway, Darren wanted to know, of course, uh, and and the listeners as well about. Well, thanks for coming on the show. I appreciate. It. I'm glad you got your stuff figured out. I mean, that's really. But what 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 Daniel Michael mentioned to me about, um, you know, uh, the, the Native American traditions that involve dragons, it just sounded really fascinating. Um, so I just wondered about you, what what you had to offer on, on that. Sure. Yeah, I'm um, I'm I'm Cherokee by birth, and there's uh, there is a tradition within the Cherokee uh, within the Cherokee Nation. It's been around for thousands of years, and I think this is interesting too because the the uh, the story kind of goes like this. At, at one point, there was a um, there there was a certain discipline that was set upon the earth by the sun, and the sun uh, was wreaking havoc on the earth. And um, the the spiritual people who live in the woods um, kind of I don't I, I would have to say if you were going to look for a Celtic equivalent you'd be talking about uh, fairies, but they uh, transformed for the Cherokee people several of their best warriors into various creatures to try to actually be something that would be capable of dealing with the sun. Um, one of them. Would you say this is where some of the traditions for shape shifting came from? Uh, well, uh, I think shape shifting's probably been a part of the traditions for a, you know for as long as it's been there. But um, the uh, the transformation. So they're they're they, more they than shape shifters. They were they were beyond. They were like like kind of minor divinity forms at that point. Right, right. You know, and this being a myth, you kind of have to look at it from that point of view because it, right. it's an explanation for for the existence of things, not necessarily a remembrance of exactly what happened. Uh, but the the story goes that the one warrior was transformed into, and there was you know a great serpent whose name was Uktina, uh, which means the keen eye, able to see far. And I think you'll find that interesting, especially knowing the Greek words of the dragon, um, the Greek origin of the word dragon, uh, has to do with uh, being able to see a great distance, very far. So the name in Cherokee is almost exactly the same uh, as as it means in the Greek. So uh, that that's that's one thing that, that is I found that, that is was, fascinating, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely fascinating. And uh, those who know, and I'm I'm going to read to you a bit from James Mooney, who was an ethnographer who lived with the Cherokees at the turn of the 20th century. That those who know say the Uctina is a great snake or large and large round as a tree trunk, with horns on its head, a bright blazing crest like diamond upon its forehead. The way that's a that's what the uh, uh, that's what the Cherokees considered to be the Uctina's treasure, considered to be the dragon's treasure, and for the um, the the first great dragon, the first great Uctina, uh, went about into the pools and into the forests and places especially where there's water and lots of rocks and water trapped over them, uh, and created more like himself. So it's it thought by the old Cherokees that that these dragons live in the river systems and in the creeks and in the streams. And um, so so this this crest on his head called Ulan Sa'i, it means clear. And what what that really is, if you 
imagine a great big huge crystal embedded into a dragon's forehead, and if they were able to, um, you know, kill one of these dragons, they would be able to to claim the Lonsati stone. And uh, the Cherokees in North Carolina say that they have one actually, and no, no white man has ever seen it. It's kept in uh, very safe wow. places. Said four foot long. Uh, quartz crystal with a blood red streak going up through the middle of it. But the dragon himself was able to uh, he was able to fly um, uh, or described as having wings you know with the horn and everything. I see absolute new, absolutely no difference between dragon and the ones that uh, uh, that were in the old world. And I, I just uh, I have my own experiences where dragons is concerned, <laughs> but uh, this is this is uh, this is a universal thing. And you know this. Um, you can't find any culture that doesn't have something like this. In it. I'm just really surprised that when I go looking, and I find people referring to Native American dragons, they must always go into South America and talking about either you know. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And and never is the Cherokee dragon. Which isn't even really a dragon. It's like a piece clutch of photos, a feathery serpent. But I guess you would still. I mean, yeah, maybe uh, still follow. Yeah. <laughs> but so as what, far how like, would you describe how would you describe the the this dragon of the Cherokee? Like if you had to describe it in just basic terms, like out of the mythic references, just like I mean, if you had to describe it to the layman. Or, sure. or, or is that not allowed to do? Or no, that's sure. that's fine. That's that's okay. Uh, yeah, this is this is kind of public knowledge for anybody that wants to go looking. Just not many people do. Um, <laughs> as, as, mm-hmm. it, it, it can be various colors, um, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. like in other cultures. Um, mm-hmm. The horns on its head are usually depicted as more like an antler shape than than like anything else. But you know, there's only so many kinds of horns that people on this continent knew about. And if right. somebody was describing it to somebody else, then it would be, you know, that's probably what they would put on it. They would, they would say antlers instead of like a, you know, a ridged like rhinoceros horn or something like that. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, probably, and anywhere a small one might be twenty foot long, and a big one might be hundreds of feet long. Wow. Now, can we tie that into? Let's say you know I grew up um, in 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 northern Ohio, um, but then there there's the giant burial mound that's like a serpent mound. Which could you tie that into any any like you know I, I guess the serpent. I mean serpents are, are common, obviously North America. But, um, oh, unfortunately, unfortunately, the mound builders uh, were unable to leave us a real good history or a real good story of their myths and everything. So. Mm-hmm. That, Difficult to say, but it's awful hard to look at that and not think that way, isn't it? Right, <laughs> exactly. That's that's the only thing. Right. I, yeah, I mean, like, wow. <laughs> we must be honoring that. So they're sacred, but at the same time, if you did bring one down and synchronize with it in a, in, in a respectful way, you'd be blessed, or the tribe would be blessed, or yeah, yes, oh. exactly. Yeah. Um, now there are uh, there, there are stories about uh, some of the creatures being benevolent as opposed to you know being uh, something that we would have to worry about. Um, 
the the first one was really angry with human beings and and almost declared war on them and then after that there there, there came the next ones and they were um much more apt to to leave the Cherokees alone and at one point there is actually a story about them uh, saving the lives of some Cher- Cherokee children. I can't relate the story exactly, but there's some benevolence uh, involved in that, too. Oh, wow. They're not always bad. But there's definitely an intelligence there, right? I mean, it's just a declaring war, and those, those are all those are all cognizant, those are all conscious decisions. You know, this is, this is not a, an animal we're talking about. This is not even, you know, we, we look at the, the idea of coyote or you know, crow or that sort of thing, like their divinity forms. But this is the dragon. The dragon itself is the, is a race of intelligent, elevated creatures. Is that fair to say? Or um, all right, saying goodbye to my friend here. Um, uh, one thing is, is that when when we look at the energies. And speaking in modern modern terms, and especially for people who might be involved in this, like myself, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. the we we think more in terms of these different energies that have been left behind, possibly by something that was actually here. We don't really know, or some people consider them to be like the primal energy of uh, the, the universe, even, and that these energies are there to assist us. And I'll go one step farther, and I'll say these energies are there to befriend us sometimes, and sometimes they're not. They're a lot like the Uktina. He's, um, uh, it's going to have to do with the wisdom uh, of that particular energy when you begin to deal with it. Um, I've been fortunate. I've found a friend. (laughs) So uh, this is not something a whole lot of people want to get involved with because they're a bit afraid of it. And I would like to say that there's good reason for that. Okay. Yeah, I am. I'd like to relate an experience. Well, I'd like to relate the experience of how this came about for me. Um, And that is if we have time, uh, I won't go real long. But we do have time. Go on, man. Good. Yeah. We certainly have time. Um, so okay. let me just just to clarify for what let me just clarify what you just said though. These are creatures that are or or intelligent beings that are an expression of the purely elemental energy that ties ties us together in a, in a universal sense. So they're, they're yeah. an expression. They're an elemental. They're like an energy form of an elemental. So yes, and I have I have some other theories too that have to do with some of the. Some of the creatures that lived here before man evolved into what we are right now, if they left behind, you know, like one of Oberon Zell's morphogenic fields, <laughs> and uh, because of being, you know, mass extinction, so many of these large creatures, and I am speaking of what we call dinosaurs now, were right. were destroyed in, in such a short Maybe period Maybe intelligent, too, like not... You know, it could talk as we're speaking and not just... Like I said, using the word animal, when I first used it, I was like, oh, my gosh. I'm going to have to do an offering. <laughs> I can't believe I used the word. <laughs> right, right. But anyway, go ahead. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, well, to begin with, uh, I've got one of the same problems a lot of my Native friends have, and that's that I, I've had I, I've had trouble with abuse from the time I was a kid. And uh, I uh, have, you know, dealt with this pretty good with paganism because I, I'm, I'm, I'm approaching it differently and I'm not going to recommend what I do to anybody else but uh, mm-hmm. I've, I've 
I've made a little bit of uh, I've made up with my darkness. <laughs> but one night, I, I I think I had maybe more than I was supposed to, and it it was you know like over the course of the next day, feeling very very badly about myself, and mm-hmm. uh, it was it was well out of my system by then. But I sat down and. Uh, put myself into some meditation and and was just and suddenly mm-hmm. <clears throat> suddenly I saw something that just you know how you sometimes when you close your eyes and you've been in the light it looks like flashes of light in front of you and your eyes are adjusting and uh, mm-hmm. that's what I thought I was seeing at first and suddenly you know it just it was as if an eyelid closed over this eye that was in front of me and it turned a little bit and the to say that it startled me uh, is an understatement. That, that's for sure. And uh-huh. it, I said uh, to myself, because I I know I know what happens in nature when something becomes afraid of something else. It usually becomes food. And uh, <laughs> I <laughs> I said I am not afraid wow. of you. And to myself, I am not afraid of you. Um, wh- what in the world do you want? And uh, Wow. Uh, a, a voice just shook me, and I don't—I I don't mean just something that I heard with my ears. My ears heard it too, but it was like mm-hmm. every nerve in my body felt this voice, and it said two words. It said, "Greet me," and uh, um, greet you, greet, greet me? me. That's exactly what greet he me. said. Okay. And I began to uh, say, you know. <laughs> Well, greetings, but I know that's not going to be enough. <laughs> and I have some books about uh, traditions uh, that use uh, draconic energy in in their works and their magic. And as, as I've been reading, it was these things were all coming together at the same time. Um, I already had a little special place in you know near my near my altar. Where I had set up a little thing because I like dragons, I always have, and uh, there was a dragon sitting on top of the cabinet that contains my oils and my herbs and all my goodies, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, it was like it was already sitting there just waiting, and I I got a candle and a little piece of incense and I put it up there for him and I said, well, I, I want to give you a real nice greeting and the first thing that I want to do is introduce you to my goddess, and I introduced him to uh, my goddess. And uh, explained that. Can I ask who your goddess is, or just the lady, sure, or, sure. or um, just well, the lady, or is there is, is it a... uh, the, the the lady the lady that I see uh, her through uh, more than any other is, is from the Greek. It's Aphrodite. Um, okay, all right. Yeah, this is. I didn't know if you lady. were like a typical Lord and the Lady type of person, or, or right. So you you introduced this primal. Like just giant mammoth, like really, and it just because when, when we're doing meditation, you can adjust your eyes to see different energies. But you're saying there, a film came over your eyes where you could see like something like it almost totally just like popped up, like really, really fully realized. Is that what you're saying? No kidding. Exactly. Exactly what happened. So you're like, this is the energies I'm working with. Here's Aphrodite. This is like I talked to her, and and you left. Okay, wow, this is amazing. Right, and I'm absolutely sure that my lady knew who he was already. <laughs> but uh, uh, you know, I, when when you're dealing with something that's so different from what you are, 
yeah. sometimes it helps to bring explanations, especially introductions, if it's something that I'm going to be working with at the same time that I'm working with the dragon. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and it, uh, some people go so far as to say, well, you know, if uh, the deity that you've been working with, you know, is also known as a dragon slayer, maybe it's not a good idea. But uh, uh, I, I want to well, think. Yeah, I, I don't think I would call Saint George at the same time. That might not. <laughs> right, I don't think that would be a good idea. Pray to Saint George at the same time. That's a bad idea. Hmm. Or Hercules, for that matter, maybe. Well, and the other thing about this energy is that I've noticed that, well, first off, it's a good thing to name your friends because uh, they're not going to just come right out. And then I'm not so sure that if he were to tell me his actual name, I would be able to pronounce it anyway with this mouth. Uh, but they seem to enjoy being given a gift of a name, and they do take it as a gift if it's something with honor. So, um, Oh, wow. Okay. I offered a name and, and waited. The uh this energy is closer to the material world uh, and not as subtle as the other energies that I've worked with before. Uh, I will be speaking to my friend and the radio will be on and my answer will come when the radio gets just for about two seconds really, really loud, just right around one or two words, and then it goes right back down again. Um, Wow. and I will see things out of the corner of my eye, and I'll know it's there because I, I can really make out the shape in my peripheral vision, and then you look and it's gone. Uh, people mm-hmm. will say things to me. as, And I, I have also noticed like a lot, lot of dragons will like to keep small dragon skulls nearby carved out of stones. And uh, I often mm-hmm. wondered why that seemed so important to them. And now I really do understand it's to do with consciousness. When I can... Uh, when I can look at this this stone and see the form of a dragon in it, his connection with me him, in a sense, at least in my eyes, to occupy those things at that particular time. It's like having him right in the room with me. So you're saying that, that you said a dragon skull car- carved out of stone. Uh huh. Out of uh, usually out of um, out of uh, semi-precious stones. Uh, Jasper, okay. Onyx, and so forth. And, and they, they, can be they resonate with that. Almost like a crystal skull for, like, Peruvians or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So, um, um, some of my friends in Australia have, um, you know, huge collections of these of these carved dragon skulls. And um, they always have to share the pictures online and so forth. One of these days I hope to go to Australia and meet them. And mm-hmm. Laramie, um, I wanted to share our connection as you're in Dragon Head, even though I know you don't you don't live around here. Uh, but the band is Dragon's Head, and, um, and I really wasn't thinking about that in that in that context. But I remember when you visited the one time, and you said, "Oh, there's a dragon around here. He's he's kind of milling around around here, waiting to." for you to let him in or something like that you said and then it happened in a meditation now some of the skeptics would say oh well you know where he put it into my head or whatever Uh, but it it, but it was a while after i mean it was like what months after i mean you don't come here very often you know it's like what once every you know six months or something like that yeah yeah Um, i mean and um 
occasionally he comes and plays a gig with us and is an interim guitar player. And I still consider him a member of the band, but you know, he he, he both know, you know. But anyway, um and I went to a public uh sound bath meditation and that's when I had this powerful image of this dragon. It was just like I was totally in the theta state. I guess my mind was just in the right place. And I was riding it almost like I was like you know, like somebody would ride a horse. Mm-hmm. But, but I wasn't in control. It was. I was not. You know what I mean? I was just sort of there along for the ride. And then I looked up the name of the dragon. The interesting thing was, is I said in this, uh, to Laramie, I said, I think the dragon finally arrived that you said was here. <laughs> and, uh, mm-hmm. and then I'm driving down the street, and I'm like, show me a sign that you're real. I was just doing that thing. You know, I was driving from... The meditation to work. I was going to work, actually. And I said, show me a sign that you're real. And it was a big, giant, argent black dragon. <laughs> uh, inflatable balloon. <laughs> you know, those inflatable uh, dragons that come up. Uh, it was right around Halloween. I was like, well, that's a pretty obvious sign. <laughs> well, let, let's and, really look at this. You know, Laramie just said they really appreciate having carps and my precious stones in the shape of a dragon head so that way... It, it gives you the resonance of, like, their consciousness being present. And you just right. named your band what? Dragon's Head. <laughs> and you're playing music. That's what Laramie said. Vibrations. He said. Yeah. The name of a Dragon's Head. <laughs> That's what he said. He said, That's well, gonna, I think you invited him. Hell yeah. <laughs> exactly. And I won't say the name on air, but I looked up the name, and it appeared as an old dragon name. I'm not really? lying. Listeners, I'm not lying. It appeared as a dragon <laughs> name. And I had no idea it was. It was just totally, I said, that's, that's, your not, name? that's not a validation right there. That's it. It's an incredible validation. Now, it's a modern validation. It came up in a video game, Skyrim, actually. But I'm not going to say the name on air because I'm still not sure about <laughs> the respect of dragon names. And I'm working with this energy, so I don't want to disrespect it. But... I'm telling you it came up, and I had no idea the name existed ever before. And, it beca- and I looked it up, and it was an ancient, or at least according to that. The name was obscure. It's not like, like Bob or Dave. It's a kind of a no, it has a lot of name. In it. It's not, you know... <laughs> Well, Bob I mean, you, mani- you manifested yeah. something. So you just, I would, I mean, and I've said this to you before, Daniel Michael, like a million years ago, but sometimes when we manifest something with their power, just don't doubt it. Just roll with it. Roll with it. I mean, you just roll with it. You you, you know, you definitely use that. I'm working with it. Okay, good. You know, your name yeah, of your, right. ba- I mean, you're, you're toning all this energy through your band and your music and your CDs and everything, so... Really, it's no doubt in my mind that you you create you created something that's wonderful, and or connected with something that could right. be some really giant, arcane, primal, elemental spirit. According to Laramie, I think that's fantastic. The number of synchronicities, the coincidences that will come, um, especially as is concerned, it just it's mind boggling. I mean, and you can't really say anything to. A lot of people about it. Uh, even pagans will doubt your sanity sometimes. 
<laughs> well, yeah, I'm, I, I'm I'm totally on board. I think everything you said to me makes sense. Have I? Do I have? Uh, you know, at least thirteen different types of divinity forms I connect with in my house. Yes, I do. Uh, are any of them dragons? No. Uh, have you made me consider the fact that working with the primal energy of some sort of draconian energy wouldn't be a bad idea? Possibly. I do get a little, fr- like like you said, you were very, like, you totally respected it, and you were like, okay, you didn't just take it casually. Right? Right. This is both of us. Go ahead, Jeremy. <laughs> Um, and, and in my case, Laramie brought it up to me, and I'm not saying he was the only one or my only consideration. I meant, but at that time, mm-hmm. he brought it up to me. He said, "I think you have a dragon around here," and when he visited, and um, and I wasn't like you were saying there, and I wasn't necessarily thinking of that or on that page. But now that I've been there, it's a difficult energy to work with, I wouldn't recommend, you can't be like in any way cowardly or insecure, at least that's my approach. It's Mm -hmm. very assertive. It's very like, I'm not giving you any bullshit right now. (laughs) You know, it's it's not the only energy that's like that, but you know, that that can be universal too. But it's very like, like uh, Laramie actually said one time to me, their dragons are highly allergic to bullshit. <laughs> you, you you do not go there with with lies and excuses and and stuff and begging. They're more to mm-hmm. me now, Laramie. You could maybe comment on this. To me, that they're about action and confidence, uh, and they might even mess something up, but to clear it up. Mm-hmm. Well, else. I don't think I don't think uh, elder divinity forms are different than that either. You don't mm-hmm. go to you don't you don't you know you don't contact right. Freya and say, "Hey, um, I don't know what I'm talking about, but maybe you can help but, me." But uh, hey, I'm here, and hey, I think you're great. <laughs> yeah, I think you're kind of cool, but <laughs> I'm a million not dollars, sure. thanks. Yeah, I'll call you back later. <laughs> right, right, right. So I think the same premise goes for it's just it's respect, it's mutual respect know what you want, go in there, you know. Um, but this is really, really fascinating. And you know what, and, and anything you read um, that relates to elemental spirits being in different places, you know. And when I got really successful in northern Virginia was when I did a compact with the land of northern Virginia with the streams and the water and the hills and, and the rocks and everything. And I said, hey, I will honor right. you if you honor me and help me do what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly I got really, really, you know, prosperous and abundant and, and everything because I interacted with the actual land itself. Well, so that's, of course, then, uh, you know, the Native American from secret for, you know, forever. Yeah. That, there, there is one thing I'd like to say about uh, about dragons is that uh, when Christine Cameron did this, I, there was that, and this is going to sound cliche, but there was this heat about, uh, and it was almost like having a panic attack, only I, I had nothing to be panicking, and um, you could, could feel it there. 
and after being accustomed to thinners for a little bit, when it comes out, I know you're paying attention. As a matter of fact, what I was really getting at is this. They require a lot of devotion and a lot of attention. Uh, if you begin oh. to ignore them, it'll be just like your friend down the street that you're supposed to be best friends since childhood, and you haven't been calling him in a week or two. Oh. He's trying to get a hold of you. And it's not always a little con- disconcerting. Well, Darren does pay attention because when we were on tour with our band, Dragon's Head, I stayed at his place for a few, quite a few days, and he had altars everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> he did not touch uh, them. I, I, well, and I Darren is a very yeah. committed spiritual practitioner, you know. Um, yeah, but but at the same time, I don't, you know, if I. Basically, I had to do a bunch of offerings today just because everyone was a little crabby at me because I haven't been doing as much. You know what I mean? But it would be a different story if uh, I had a big, giant, elemental serpent pop up (laughs) in my face and knock me off my bicycle because I haven't talked to him in a month and a half. That might be different. (laughs) So, and you know, you got to respect that. That's, I mean, that's that's really great advice. Um, So I think let's let's submit a little bit. Um, I, I want to say that, that what we maybe have learned today is that draconic energy is something that's definitely a reality. Um, respect it. Um, you know, you can uh, possibly find a, a local version of a draconian entity or of some sort. But, you know, it's something that you have to very be very cautious with, apparently. And the and where may we're about to well, is it fair to say it probably won't appear to you if you're kind of a jackass anyway and you're not highly evolved spiritually? Is that fair to say? They will mess with you. They will mess with you. I guarantee it. If you start, if you start bossing them around and telling them to do things and treating them like you would treat other energies, they will begin to mess with you. Right. We don't, we don't like that. That's not fun. And so you're saying use caution, use respect, complimentary, you know, things. I set up a separate altar because I was a little confused. And maybe Laramie, you know, I know we're about to go off here. It's about uh, the show ending time. But maybe Laramie can comment on this. I had heard that dragons don't like to be on an altar with other gods. Now, this is just speculation and people talking. So I did just create a separate dragon place, you know, for the dragon in my life, the one that came to me in a meditation. And we're talking in my life, not physically seeing, but in a meditation for those of you that are listening. Um, And I did, and it seemed to be good and nice and peaceful. And I'm curious about, is a dragon insulted if you have gods or goddesses before them? Because I've heard other people debate that because they consider themselves to be primordial, almost, uh, energy. They don't like you to think of the gods as being above them, but, I mean, if you treat... I don't don't think of the gods being above me in the way that other people think, uh, like Christians believe in their, you know, a supernatural man in the sky. Mm -hmm. My gods are in me and in everything that that the new universe has produced, and uh, they're real, I can see them, I can feel them. I mean, that's the bottom line. And this dragon is is no different. Uh, so I I pretty much uh, pretty much don't expect the dragon to 
feel the same way I do about Aphrodite, and he doesn't expect me to feel the same way I uh, that he does. Uh, okay. I I I was very uh, I, I was very taken that that this is something that you treat like a friend. I mean, if if it's some if it's somebody like I said, somebody down the street that you grew up with, you're going to treat them with respect. You're not going to boss them around. You're gonna you're not going to treat them like they're stupid. Especially. But they go out this for me. It's not a fetch. It's a dragon. <laughs> Do not treat a right. dragon like a. Not a fetch. Right. That's, that's what I was looking for. Thank you, Dan. Okay. And well, that, that and, makes a lot of sense. But they will. That's the interesting thing about dragons is they will. They will go out and do stuff um, and be productive for you with the right respect. That's at least my position because my life, though I do have problems like everyone Mm -hmm. does, I have noticed much great improvement, but I don't want to talk about it. I just want us to meet, and I have to to go, you guys. So I do want us to meet to say that that if if you use respect, and you possibly leave offerings and stroke their pride a little bit. You you may be able to work with with dragons in a real positive way. Um, you just have to respect them. Is that is that all? Do you agree with all that? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, okay thanks for calling in, to, uh, or thanks for uh, being part of Spiritual Insight, you guys. And uh, thanks again. Yeah. If you want to get a hold of me uh, for a private consultation, it's D B U. C-A-R-E at gmail.com or call in to Marie Lavo's House of Voodoo in New Orleans. Thanks again, guys. Nice talking. Very nice. Okay, you too. All right. And for those that don't know, uh, Laramie was once an interim uh, chief (laughs) uh, of his Cherokee Nation uh, local where he is. And you've been listening to Spiritual Insight with Darren Bucare and myself, Daniel Michael, and our guest, Laramie Roush. And I want everyone to have a good evening and to remember to respect your dragon (laughs) if one should come to you or call to you. Have a great evening, everyone.